everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, a podcast discussing the multitude of multi-site student ministry. The vision for our podcast is to equip churches who are either entering into or are already into multi-site student ministry. And we hope to share what we've learned along the way as well as um, what we're learning today in this journey. And today we're going to um, talk about a number of things, but today specifically focused in on how are we managing staff. And before we dive into that, um, we want to just uh, remind everybody that we're so thankful that we're part of the Youth Ministry Podcast Network, and you can check out a whole bunch of great channels focusing on student and youth ministry across the nation. And we'd love for you to do that and um, really dive in with the partners who are also joining hands with us. And then, Joe, a great opportunity coming up is the multi-site uh, conference. Will you tell us a little bit about that down at the Woodlands? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, as we've been talking about, we're the official podcast of the multi-site youth ministry conference being hosted by the Youth Cartoon. Of course, our good friend Marco, alongside Orange students as well, down in Woodlands in the Georgia area. And so there is still time for you guys to sign up. Uh, it goes hand in hand what we're talking about today, managing and developing staff. I know that we'll have opportunity to sit around tables and have a great conversation with one another about important topics like that and a whole bunch more, as well as just having fun in community with one another. And so check it out at theyouthcartel.com. There's still time to sign up. Uh, you know what? Treat yourself to a little Christmas gift. That's sign right. up for the conference. And I'm excited. Speaking of gifts, we're going to be bringing some gifts down to the conference. Um, if you guys were at youth special, at NYWC, uh, our good friend and of the podcast, Shanna, was down there. And we have... Little uh, little mints yes, that we're giving. They're called alignments, and our tagline is: Your strategy may stink, but your breath doesn't have to. So um, I'm just excited, y'all. I'm excited for this episode and for the conference. And uh, may I just say real quick? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love it. Merry Christmas. I want to just start off today um, as we talk about managing staff and um, talk about how we're developing people, right? Anything from um, who's responsible for it on our teams, what are we planning, and how are we really living that out? And guys, I, I will start off by saying, I wish one of the things as I've looked back over the years is that I would have had better plans in developing staff. I think God gave us a ton of grace as we've made this journey together, Definitely. even as our church, but I wish I had better plans. So, so as I ask those, um, how are we developing people right now? Yeah, EJ, I'm glad that you, this is the topic of conversation we're having as it is, you know, it comes from a lot of the conversations we've been having with those out there in multi-site context, uh, because that is always a part of the job. You know, uh, we, we're going to talk a little bit about structure, uh, but as we were preparing for the show beforehand, I shared that it, it's, it's a, structure is just a structure, you know, like a house is just a structure. Um, but once people start living in it, it starts getting messy. It starts getting worn down. If you've got kids, or if you've had roommates before, you're trying to figure out, well, who's responsible for what and who has to do what and who's in charge here. And, yeah. um, you know, you might think as the parent, you're in charge, but many parents out there will say, I wish that I ran my household. <laughs> the kids are running it. The inmates are running the asylum here. But uh, I think it's important, uh, especially in a multi-site organization where there are a lot of individuals, there's a lot of individualism. Um, there's a lot of sometimes even just space between departments because uh, in space between campuses. Who's really managing who? Because although you might be a campus-specific employee, you still are uh, part of the student ministry team 
across the campuses. And as we talk about at length here on the podcast, you oftentimes will have uh, responsibilities globally as well. So who's who's in charge of who, who does what, who mm-hmm. holds accountable to uh, who? This is going to be our Lord of the Rings trilogy, right? Wow. <laughs> this could go on for years. But let me just share real quick about uh, our structure. And generally on the podcast, when we talk about our structure, we never talk about it because we, we have it figured out. Um, as many on this podcast have come on recently from Josh Griffin and Carl Romas and Marco have shared... You see in multi-site student ministry, no one really has it figured out That's right. yet. We're, it's a work in progress. And we just share to give you guys an example of what we're doing. Uh, oftentimes you'll hear what we've come from and what we're moving into. And... It might just be because contextually that's what fits us best, and you might identify with it in some shape or form. So let me share a little bit. As you guys know, uh, over the last year and a half, uh, if you've been listening to podcasts, we moved from a main campus model to a central model. In moving to a central model, uh, one thing that has begun to occur across all of our departments that are represented by our central ministries team is that we've been creating core teams. Now, these core teams are made up of hub campuses. Hopefully you're following along here. We should do a flow chart. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a flow chart, right? Just pop Uh, it up on in the notes. We can do that. Just do a little doodle and link it to it. it. Yeah. We'll put that will be the picture that I'll post on Instagram. There you go. To find out what the smokes this picture is all about. (laughs) Tune in. So our core team is made up of these hub campuses. For the longest time we did our core team by personnel. And there was personnel, so they had to meet a certain qualities. And Kim, you were key in establishing this. Do you remember what some of those qualities were for individuals from a personnel standpoint to be on our student ministry core team? Yeah, looking for someone that was full-time in the area of student ministry. We have a lot of um, guys and girls that have dual roles in a lot of areas. Um, so wanted to you know, be conscious of that, not overload or give further demands on their time. Um, we're looking for someone who, you know, looks to have at least two years of experience mm-hmm. um, within the realm of student ministry, just because we, they're going to be leading, they're going to be discipling, they're going to be coming alongside other student ministry directors. And so having that experience is key because they're teaching from experience and also learning ex- ex- alongside of them as well. So some good qualities in regards to some longevity, time commitment, and I think one of the the great um, pieces of wisdom you had is to make sure that their campus pastor was good with it. This was something that maybe in the season of their campus that this individual would be able to give leadership to and commit to because of, you know, and not to a detriment uh, to the campus, but hopefully to a help to the campus and to Woodside uh, globally as well. Now we're moving towards them not being just necessarily personnel driven, but proximity um, driven. And so we, you know, in our hub model, we had our Troy campus, our Lake Orion campus, our Farmington Hills campus, um, and at one point, like our White Lake campus right. was represented and they would hub out. So each individual is representing a certain amount of other campuses. We have 14 campuses. So White Lake was representing Farmington and, or Plymouth and this campus and so on. Um, but now it's just Romeo, Royal Oak, Lake Orion and Troy. And so this is fun for those of you who are in leadership. Like, well, OK, well, we're the individuals that are hired on those campuses who will now be those hub people. 
Are they going to keep being those hub people? Are they qualified to be those hub people? Um, what Leads is that? To a lot of questions. A lot of questions. And it's a transition. And so those individuals, regardless of if they met, you know, what we would determine as personnel criteria, are going to still serve as a way, they didn't lose their job, right? <laughs> yeah. If anything, you know, we they had conversations with their direct report, they have conversations with central leadership and saying, yes, this individual is going to be able to step into this role in this season um, and fulfill that's what's being asked of them. Now, let's say two years from now they transition I think that you'll see a personnel-driven decision of like, hey, this is an individual who we're looking who can definitely meet these certain criteria because they're going to be a hub leader. So, so I think there's some wisdom in it because every time we had someone transition, uh, I think we joked about this when we first started our, our core team within two months of starting it, we had two guys transition off mm -hmm. um, because they were taking on new roles in the church. And so then you had to find two other people who weren't from those same campuses and you had to reconfigure your hubs. You had to reconfigure those individuals. Relationships. Yeah, who were giving direct leadership and relationship to those other hubs. So, so the responsibility has changed quite a bit over our timeline. Yeah. Right? Within that, um, the series or the, the style that we're in right now, sorry about the series thing, I'm so uh, sermon-based, right? The, <laughs> the style that we're in right now. We're in a long sermon series here. We're in a long here. sermon series. Hey, I remember some long sermon series over Kadima. the past couple of years. Um, but uh, there is a... Um, you know, a system that we're running right now with, with hubs and Joe, the, the lines, we also use the word or Kim uh, dotted line or um, solid, line. solid line. And the responsibility right now is really held by that hub leader. And then uh, through uh, just the consistency of our central, central team. Would you guys mm -hmm. agree with that? Uh, you're saying the responsibility of develop development. Correct. Um, I, Per like conversations, this was a huge question at one of our central retreats. Yeah. Whose responsibility is it to develop the team member or whatever, a student director, kids, kids director? Um, and it went back and forth between the campus pastor and the central team. Right. Member. Also known as what we can call the core team as well now. Um, and it landed on ultimately... Um, and maybe it's changed since, but it landed on ultimately the campus pastor is responsible for the development and the central individual comes alongside of them in that because you can argue back and forth who right. really does it, right? I would say oftentimes the central team has more influence and impact sometimes because of the time spent together, mm -hmm. right? On retreats, on mission trips and everything of that sorts. But it has to be a hand-in-hand -hand team effort by the campus pastor and central ministry person. And I, I think how I've seen this over the years too is that um, student ministry specific stuff, whether it's how they're teaching students or what they're doing within the facilitation of their students, how they're a meeting with students, all those type of things. Typically, the development of that is done within the student ministry team. Um, what it means in conjunction with the campus or sometimes even the personal discipleship or development in our context is handled primarily by uh, their direct report or their solid line at the campus level. You guys agree with that? Yeah, I, I agree. And and hearing uh, the, the, the questions being asked, and, and I love the insight and answer Kim just gave, is it really makes me think that, I mean, the ultimate answer is both, 
It needs to be in some regard. I think that the tension that uh, all three of us have had in being that person in that that seat right. is that even with a hub structure built out where you have um, one individual as a central person, these four hub individuals who are then like, you know, following this org chart down have the other campuses. So like it kind of delineates out some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I. Uh, Hubs are really just getting built out even more now to a point of actually having legitimacy, it being built into their job description, uh, and that expectation being there. So the tension that we had uh, a lot of times is there's one of us and there's 14 of them, right? Mm -hmm. 14 more of them. And so... Well, a lot I, of it just has to be formalized too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, putting it out there, like this is the direction we're going. A, a lot was, um, you may notice within your church setting, a ministry department may lead a lot of development, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where we sometimes find ourselves in next-gen students, kids area. Sometimes we're leading different things and doing it before a lot of other departments or vice versa, right? Yeah. Um, so that room for innovation that you, sure. you, you want to allow, that you right. want to stalemate things. Like, well, let's wait till we all can get up there. It's like, no, why don't you let me go up that path and I'll tell you if it leads so somewhere or not. Um, and if it doesn't, then I'm not going to waste everybody's time. Yeah. But if it does... At least I can come back down the mountain and show you how to get up. Totally. Yeah. And I think within that, the biggest thing, um, if you are looking to move to this type of model or look to um, figure out how to develop your staff most effectively, is clarity. Like, yeah. just bring clarity to, hey, if it's the central director as well as the campus pastor that's doing both of the development, just put it out there and state it. And, like, create a plan that works best for both. Yeah. Um, when it's wishy-washy, I think that's when it can get, you know, a little muddy and people don't know their responsibilities and, or someone's doing a job that's not really their job. Yeah. I think that does help. Clarity is always going to be key because what ends up happening is even the word development in and of itself is a ambiguous word. Uh, and so how are you having clarity around what the area is that they need to be developed in? The tension is, is that you have in a student ministry person, uh, a specialized individual. And for a campus pastor, some of them may have done student ministries, but even in our context, looking across, I think we have three of our campus pastors right. who have had student ministry experience within Woodside and only right. one of them who've had student ministry experience within Woodside in the last three years um, as a staff person in students. And so the further they are removed from doing that ministry, the further they they, they don't understand the nuance of it and vice versa. Uh, a student guide is not going to understand the full nuance of the worship pastor or the campus pastor. Right. And th there is that common grace and knowing that I don't fully know what it's like to, to live in your shoes, although there are some similar things that, that we can understand and relate to. And so I think that's where it is important to have the clarity of uh, how the, the direct report, the campus pastor, the executive pastor of that, that campus works hand in hand with I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say the central students director in our in our structure. I would say in our structure the hub Leaders. person, yeah. and then that hub person working with the hub team and maybe the central person, right? Because the central person is always going to have a ton to do. Mm -hmm. So if I'm being 
you know, talked to from a campus pastor, as a hub individual, if I'm being talked to as a campus, by a campus pastor saying, hey, my student guy really needs help developing in this specific area. I'm able to help this area of it, because I have understanding, but this area is really specialized in students. My responsibility is to work hand in hand with that campus pastor and communicate to the central person that this conversation is happening and then to invite the central person into being able to help with that. Not to pass the buck off, but to lean into the resource and wisdom that you have and invite them in so they understand how their team is is working, right? It's like if the central person is the head coach, I'm a positions coach Got at it. that point. And I'm helping That's this good. person in this position get better at what they do. But I'm letting you know as a head coach, when it comes time to call that play and to put them in, you can put them in. Or you might want to hold off on, on putting them in. I'm just flowing with some of that. No, that's good. Today. You know, and, and Joe, you said you Houses, said a word earlier. Mountains, position coach. That's, that's good. Earlier, you said the word um, specialized, and you know, I think sometimes in in managing staff, we each have stylistic approaches. Um, sometimes we handle uh, things in in within different situations better. Other times, we just are generally good good managers or help develop people. Would would either of you say that you have a knack that you've developed in developing or managing people there's something that you're better at and the reason i ask that is because i think within the multi-site framework the the you know the churches that we have we also have that availability to lean on other persons or people that can develop um, the person specifically in a better way. For instance, if you're better at um, leading staff in how they're writing or teaching, then do that. If you're better at leading them in how to counsel, in the multi-site aspect, I think we have that that beneficial aspect that we can really lean in for one another. But do either of you guys think you've, you kind of have a knack in developing people? Is this an easy question for you to answer? No, because I feel like I can answer your and answer. I, okay, I, well, honestly, <laughs> no, I, do you fun. like that I've, I called no. that? That I was like, yes. Kim's going to want to answer for me. Let's do that. going to want me to answer. Okay, no, this is, this is so off not. the cuff. I love this. This is the greatest part about our friendship here. But I think that's so, such here. good it, insight. Okay, so we'll, we'll let ladies go first because Kim carries okay. that prowess, certainly. Kim, what has... What has Joe, have you found that he's been really good at um, developing in people? And, and just for you listeners, the reason I say this is because I actually think the exercise that you two just did as we're developing people <laughs> may be really good. Yeah, um, we're developing like, each other as we do it. People, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, so, Kim, what would you say that is for Joe? Um, Joe has always been given a gift of entertainment, right? Yeah. Um, so I think with that... Um, as he's continually <laughs> refined that over That's the amazing. years, um, he has hands down, like been given the gift to help train up, guide and really develop those with speaking message prep, yeah. writing, um, even from not only on the team, but even in students, you know, seeing him take a student that's a freshman, sit him down and see the development over four years of message prep. And here's how to speak and articulate. And he's just very gifted in that area. I think there's other areas that he develops well in like within leadership. Um, I know that's a very general broad term, but I think just within leading parents well, um, with having hard conversations with sure. students and parents, um, he's just very wise, has a lot of experience under his belt. So I think that helps a lot, but he's one that isn't afraid to have the tough conversations, um, which often brings that person along much further. 
That's awesome. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. I feel like we're doing the circle of love. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's bring that back. Yeah, for for That's not for uh for Kim, there's a there's a bunch that I've I've seen her do well in regard to developing leaders. I think that a key trait um that is seen throughout those is that Kim is patient. Um and so in that she shepherds people well and she always um, reminds individuals of the purpose of what they're doing. So that always is going to help when anyone's doing a task, especially um, a task that may seem menial. Uh, and a lot of people get, take joy from doing some menial task or whatever, and some it's going to frustrate. But I think it always helps regardless is if you know the purpose behind it. And so Kim does a really great job of creating structure and system for individuals to succeed in the tasks that they're being asked to do. She's patient with them uh, when they aren't meeting the marks that they should meet, especially mm. patient within them because she's created a great system for them to be able to make marks that they should meet. Um, but Shepard's along in that of uh, oftentimes um, her her approach to when something is is going is not going the way it should be is uh, to go to someone and say, I don't want to talk about what you're doing wrong. I want to talk about what is wrong. You know, is there something that's going on that has not allowed you to be able to, to do this? Can I help you uh, do a better job? And that's, that takes humility. That takes patience. Um, and, I, and it has helped when those marks have been missed uh, for you to lean in and have those hard conversations. It's a difficult thing for anybody to, um, when Kim challenges them on something for them to not take it seriously because of all that she has already done to help them out and the patience and grace that she saw them along the way you kind of just shut up and take it yeah and um, there's there's a huge aspect or you or you should <laughs> but there's a huge aspect within that to point out is the uh, the the thought of the patience the sincerity mm -hmm. then leads to being able to have tough tough conversations and through those tough conversations really being able to lean in and say hey you can get better you can do better we can do this differently and um, there's certainly a, a highlight within that to segue through that though there's also times for each of you I know that you've had to really um, develop a tough staff and um, we'll keep names out of it because if all of the multi-site guys and gals aren't listening to this podcast and reviewing it and sharing it and you're should all we, going down on, the Should we anyways. talk about them to see who's actually listening? I would love that. <laughs> Let's do like, is that like a reverse shout out of some aspect? Wow. Like, I, I, I can only just um, think through right now the aspect of a listener going, oh yeah, I'm doing that to my staff right yeah, now. I'm and by, by the way, just so you guys are clear as the listeners, we, we don't make our our staff listen never. to the podcast. We don't no. never. <laughs> yeah. I, I even wonder if some of them know about it, but that's a whole nother story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so within that, dealing with some tough staff, as you've developed staff who are either struggling within their position, maybe need some correction, what are the things that you found have worked best in those scenarios? Being highly intentional. Okay. Mm, that's good. Um, you, I think it's often that you'll see a staff member, if they know they've done something wrong, if they're struggling in their position, if something's going on in the background, whatever it may be, they'll either shut down, create distance, 
not show up, you know, like you can usually pick up on it. Um, and that's again, another reason why you need to be intentional and aware. Um, and then from there, pursue them and just have a conversation, but more or less in that conversation, listen. That's really, really good. And I think I want to just, um, build off of it. And I think that is, uh, to have their best intentions in mind. Absolutely. Having, you know, these conversations before and seeing a pattern of behavior with, uh, with an individual of being able to, and then having the conversation is just saying, Hey, I don't, I don't want this for you. I don't mm-hmm. think that you're intending for this to be the result of what you're doing, but I do want you to know from my vantage point as an individual who knows you well, who cares for you well, who loves you much, and hopefully loves you well, uh, that you are, you know, whether intentionally or unintentionally, your actions are communicating this to individuals, to teams, to leaders, to students. I don't want that for you because I don't think that's what you want. I don't think as a person who's been called and led to do ministry in such a way, you want people to think that you don't care about this ministry or this team or down the line. Yeah. So, so to, to know that and to know that my vantage point is different than their vantage point. So like what I'm seeing, they might not see and what they're seeing, I may not see. So having their best intention in mind kind of does that same thing. Like I've seen Kim, Kim do, I'm not going to sit down and just talk about what you're doing wrong. We're going to get to some of that, um, in as much as edifying it's needed to get to, but I want to talk about maybe what's, what's wrong or what I'm seeing could be wrong if you continue on this path. You know, I've I've often in those moments, one, I I think it's really important. I'm just going to interject here. I think it's really important to move swiftly when we have those moments because the closer it is to the, the incident or the action that happened, whatever triggered this, Hey, we, we need to talk about it. Yeah. Like go, go right after it. And then I always love to just ask the question, like, what do you think needs to change in this? Oftentimes Mm -hmm. if we help people process in that developing, even in the crisis or even when they're really tough, I think a lot of times people respond with that um, jaggedness or the tough abruptness is because they, they know what needs to change. They just don't know how to change it. They don't know how to develop themselves. And often those are the moments where we can step back and say, Hey, I I actually don't know how to help you develop this, but let's look at the resources. Let's find the other person. Let's pull into, um, you know, the wisdom of other people that we have, but doing it right off the bat to me just adds like a multiplier in so many different ways, uh, quickly to be able to say, this is something we got to go after. Let's do it. Yeah. Because what often happens is that if you leave it, if you, leave it unaddressed for a length of time is that other now other incidences that occur are Mm -hmm. all seen through that lens and you're allowing that lens to inform those incidences where if that lens was removed those other incidences might not even be that big of a deal but you're like well this happened and now because that happened this 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 and this and now you're building things up over a two-month time period that if you would just address it sooner and i think that you always have to exercise wisdom and discernment as to like it does that need to happen in the moment am i ready in that moment to handle it because i might be heightened because of whatever the situation might be um and so on but like there does need to be a closer time frame to having those difficult conversations and i think that's a good practical tip because mm-hmm. in these things we talk about a lot of things that maybe are um a little bit more broad-based but can be you know specialized um 
as you're contextualizing it with a person? Because um, it makes me think, I, I, I don't know do, if, what our next question is, but it makes me think through maybe some practical things of, to like, as you're looking to develop staff, what does that look like and manage them and hold them accountable? But. Yeah, I, I think that's great. Kim, do you want to bounce off of that? Yeah, I think just some practical pointers is one, have a good pulse, right? Have a good pulse on your staff where they're at. Um, and I think that's what the benefit of building out a team um, within a team, the core team. Um, because again, if you have a student team that is, I would say, probably like five or even six plus, right? Like you're only one person. Right. So to be able to have a pulse on everybody's life, um, I think. I say life because life is personal and work, right? Yeah, um, that's good. Because it, it mixes whether we like it or not. Um, so a lot of stuff that happens at home affects work um, and vice versa. So um, that's one practical tip. And then I'll just go back to what I said earlier is just being intentional with the individuals that God has placed on your team, um, their gift. Um, they are part of your team. They are assets of your team. And so to not be a good steward of just who they are and, um, where they're at, I think is a bummer <laughs> or even a shame, I should say. No, that's um, true. so whether that is you as a central person, as a core leader or in partnership with the campus pastor, whatever that may look like in your context, um, really being intentional. So set up a monthly rhythm where you meet with them. Um, what is your responsibilities of those core team members? What is your responsibility as a central team meet member in rhythm meeting with your student team? That's really good. That's really good, Kim. Uh, I think that one of the things that can happen in this conversation about development is that we can overcomplicate it. Uh, and I think that there is a need to, to just keep things simple. Um, and, and one of the, the most practical things that you can do in keeping things simple and helping somebody develop or managing staff, uh, obviously, is like, like clear clarity clarify where they need to, to grow at and yeah. give them specifics. Um, if you're, this is about to drop before the new year. If you're looking for a great book to read about accomplishing goals, read Finish by John Acuff. So uh, good. Get the audible version because he does it, does it and it's amazing. But he gives some great practical steps of to how to help people accomplish goals and how do you, for you as an individual yes. to accomplish goals and my, our team listened to that uh, together last year and so helpful but uh giving clarity uh and giving really clear measurables is always going to help and honestly the most practical thing that i think a lot of leaders fail to do from development to just ministry and down the line follow up yeah mm. Like follow up is the the I feel like the follow up is just like the bane of church existence at times because we talked about right, oh, the consistency and accountability within yeah. it is oh. huge. But even follow up, hey, we're gonna follow up with visitors. We're gonna follow up with this. We're gonna follow. Yeah. Up. Follow up is important. There's nothing worse than being in a class where you have to purchase a book. You're asked to read a book and then you don't ever talk about the book. Yeah. Right. Like so, if you're going to say we're gonna set goals, I'm gonna help you develop, and then you never follow up with them or you have that conversation, that tough conversation with them, follow up with them. You know, follow up a week or two later and be like, hey, I, I wanted to again, you know, see how you were doing this. Or follow up the next day just to say, hey, I really appreciated the opportunity to have that conversation with you. 
I'm yeah. just grateful that, that I have a brother or sister that we can walk through difficult situations with. It's only um, going to take you farther in the rapport with them. And, and I, I, I get it that it's simple, but like I said, too often we so kind of complicate it. And yeah. how, many, how many people have been bitter towards a leader or how many people have been bitter towards the church or chosen not to make that church their home because nobody ever followed up with them? That's awesome. You guys, I think there's been so much um, within the context of this episode. I think one of the things that we really need to do is we need to post um, some additional resources. Resources. There's a couple of books that I love that have helped me over the years of um, leading staff, uh, how to ask great questions, um, and those type of things. And I know each of us are uh, decently well read on doing this because it's a passion of ours to help people around us grow. So we'll put those in the show notes. Um, as always, we're just so thankful for each of you in this season joining in with us in this journey in multi-site student ministry. It's only growing. I feel like at times more and more rapidly than even we as podcast hosts and um, folks who are out in this market day in and day out talking to people um, realize. And we would love to participate partner with you in in any way that we can, whether that's a, a telephone call, that's some coaching, consulting, um, however we dive in and help you in this season. We'd love to do that. Thanks for listening. Would you give us an opportunity um, to share uh, even further than what God is allowing us to do right now by um, going ahead and liking this, this podcast, sharing some of our posts, following us on social media, reviewing the podcast, and also um, just giving us uh, some great topics to be able to dive in and answer alongside of each of you. We love you guys. God loves you more. Have an awesome day. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad.